patreon.com slash duckfeedtv Ouch! For those fireballs, Heartbeat City is taking your call suffering. Somebody out there feels lonely, and we're here to help. Snugglefield. It's raining out there. It's a dark night. However, we're warm. Secure in the studio. We're answering your questions. This week, I'm joined by Jenny Paladna. Jenny is a game developer, podcaster on a show called Clash of the Titans that everyone should check out. And you can find her on Twitter at HorseWizard. Jenny, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me, Gary. Absolutely. How was your, uh, how was your drive up? Oh, it was fine. It was a little scary with the thunder, but you know the tires were good, so we made it through. That's that's how it, that's how it works here. It's uh can be dangerous, but you get a do a cab, you do a lift. Oh, we did a lift yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely smart, more ethical. Um, yeah, so we got some, we got some questions here. We're gonna answer uh, from these people out there who are lonely in Heartbeat City. Go ahead and get us started here with the first question uh, from an anonymous listener. Hey, so how do you talk about the act of sex without either sounding like an immature 13-year-old or some sort of medical clinician? Thank you. Yeah, how to talk about sex without sounding like you're a kid or like you're a doctor. Jenny, what are your thoughts on this? I, I have some thoughts on this. Um, I think one one thing that is important that probably not many people think to do is, uh, and I'm assuming that this person is talking to their partner about sex, you know, um, to have better sex for the relationship, is my guess. <laughs> yeah, so I think one thing you want to do is find out your partner's preferred terminology for their own genitalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There, there's, no, there's nothing worse than being taken out of a moment by some kind of term that in some context might seem all right, or to some people rather. And uh, it sounds silly or insulting or gross, mm-hmm. you know, to an individual. Yeah, because some people are going to and... lean more towards the medical terminology end, and some people are going to want to be more casual when talking about sex. Casual or, or specifically uh, ribald, you know, some some people, you know, the, the kind of uh, the sling terms that might be uh, initially seem like, not best practices might be someone's preferred terminology. I agree with that. I think also it's important to have that conversation not in the moment. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's I, that, I think that's a general piece of advice is that when you're 
kind of uh, doing the the litigation side of a sexual relationship, the, the kind of um, not literally litigation, but the kind of negotiation part, learning. Um, a lot of times, it is best to do that. Yeah, just old school Hollywood rules. All clothes on, um, at least three limbs on the floor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you push your beds apart mm-hmm. for for this conversation. Um, you know, and and that can be a little bit awkward too. But do it. Uh, I would say treat this as something fun, and it will come off as such. So don't. Uh, you know, hey baby, I've got something I need to ask you. I'm kind of nervous about it. That's going to immediately put them in a defensive space. Right. Just say, hey, you know what? Uh, what 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 word should I use? And and I think you can be very direct about that. Yeah, I think I would emphasize that you want to have these conversations to make your joint sex lives better. Well, that's the uh, that's that's an uninter- I thought about this question. And I thought there were kind of two interpretations of it. Okay, what's um, the other was, interpretation? Um, instigating. Oh. Uh, so I was thinking of this in terms of what terms to use while you know talking about the literal act. Uh, if you are at a point where that is, you know, verbal, it's not a, a lived-in relationship where there are, are unspoken uh, kind of messaging and such. Um, so if it, if it is the mechanics of, of sex, you know, how can this be better? Uh, what do you like? What, what can you do? Um, I think that, that that is something that uh, that you have that conversation anytime. If you're instigating uh, sex and you want to talk about the act. Um, that is very relationship dependent mm-hmm. on where you're at. And I think that that's something where you need to be more explicit, explicit and direction uh, or direct, uh, even at the risk of being awkward, the earlier on in a relationship you are. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. Yeah, so if, if you don't know, if you had, don't know someone's boundaries and if you don't know your own boundaries, um, just say, you know, is it okay if I do this and be explicit uh, in, in whatever terminology you know, probably uh, leaning towards a medical terminology, just so there's no misunderstanding. If it is, if it is early on, um, you can also, if it if it's an instigation thing and it's early on, you can uh, say, you know, if something has progressed, you can you can also kind of just update and say like, is this okay? You know, mm-hmm. is yeah, is, is and this then you right? don't even necessarily have to specify. What that is, right. yeah. If there's there's an understanding, and just make sure that uh, you you understand that uh, both parties have the ability to put the brakes on uh-huh. uh, at a moment's notice. So for for instigating, I would say I would say that for to your point, like is, as far as uh, I want to say workshopping, but that's not very romantic. <laughs> um, I like it though. For, for yeah, for for workshopping, um, find out have that conversation out of bed. Find out the preferred terminology. And then uh, at that point, once you know the preferred terminology, I think that you'll feel a lot less awkward if it is, you know, old Hollywood rules, like Hayes Code rules, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and you're not in the moment, you're not flustered yeah. or embarrassed. I think there, there are a lot of, when you're talking about the verbs of sex, there are a lot of kind of neutral terms. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a scale. Like there, there is, there is a scale from... You know, and, and it'll be lewd. We're all adults here. The, the show airs late at night. Uh, from, like, for example, uh, cunnilingus to the general mm-hmm. go down right. to the, the explicit, like, you know, and you let your imagination go crazy. <laughs> like, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, slang terms or just kind of metaphors, things like that. And doing that kind of middle of the road as well is also pretty good advice. I think uh, I think most of the most of these. Most sex acts, not all sex acts, because as you get more specific, 
they get, you know, sometimes there's only the slang, but most of them do have kind of a middle of the road neutral term that is also a safe bet. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would aim neutral. Yep. Uh, but still talk about it. Definitely. Um, talk and talk about it, about it in, in, in a fun sense. Like this, this is a fun conversation, assuming that, you know, you, you already have, have done this and this is something that you both enjoy. Like this can be a really fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, have a quick break before our next call. All right. Gary, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I'm calling because my partner and I recently uh, converted our relationship to a polyamorous one, and I know that you yourself don't uh, prescribe to that sort of lifestyle, and that's fine, but I was curious, as as someone who doesn't prescribe to that lifestyle, uh, how soon into a flirtation or something like that would you prefer to know if the other person is in a poly relationship? Uh, it's been a little awkward being out there and trying to gauge when I should bring it up and, uh, you know, dealing with all that. Occasionally they find out I'm with somebody before I tell them and they get upset or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, if you could just give me your advice on when I should bring that up. Uh, you know, I don't want to get a tattoo on my forehead, but, you know, uh, just trying to figure out the best way to handle that. Thank you so much. Sincerely, Lonely in a Crowded Room from San Diego. Bye-bye. All right, and this is this is interesting because this is not a uh, I'm I'm not poly, but I appreciate this perspective being considered because this is a, a concern that I have not thought of that people who are in polyamorous relationships would definitely have. Yeah, I um, being mono, also I also had the privilege of not having to consider this either. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, ordinarily on this show we try to have people who have expertise in the issue, but this since this is specifically uh, aimed at monogamous people. I thought that this would be a good one to answer. Um, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this, Jenny? I So I don't know how you feel about this, Gary, but I would like to know as soon as possible, basically, because if I am a monogamous person potentially looking for a single partner for long-term things, then uh, we're basically in deal-breaker territory. Yeah. I uh, Absolutely. I, I can't. It's not something. It's something that I have tried mm-hmm. to uh, dally with, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Uh, for me, it just it, for me it is setting myself up for for heartbreak. Um, so I would like to know as soon as possible. But I think that one of the nuances to this is that uh, you know 
if you are flirting in a bar and it is kind of a harmless thing that is not going to go anywhere, sure. you you can come off like a real weirdo if you, <laughs> you know, if, if 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 you smile at your waitress and then she smiles back and then you say, just so you know, <laughs> I have a partner at home <laughs> and we are, we're into an open thing. Uh, so that, that's a difficult thing to navigate. And I think for that, I think it's very context dependent. Um, you know, if it is something where you are explicitly uh, out and about searching for for partners, like you are at a bar, you're looking to pick somebody up, um, or uh, very obviously if it is a dating profile situation, mm-hmm. um, I think this this should be top of the pops. Like everybody who's going to approach you should know. Yeah, don't bury uh, that particular lead. Yeah, that is, put that on front street 100%. If it is incidental flirting that happens out in the world, mm-hmm. uh, that's trickier. I don't think there's a right answer for that. The, the right answer is when you think it might be possible that it's not, uh, that it might go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's definitely before anybody exchanges hotel card keys or, uh, you know, anybody gets invested, even if it's not, obviously no one is, is very few people are falling in love in this situation. So it's not about protecting their hearts. It's just about protecting their time. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, so just, uh, you know, even if somebody gets, you know, you're, you're flirting and somebody sits down next to you and, and, you know, like you you can tell if you can tell when someone is flirting with you at all, mm-hmm. um, hopefully down to your, your individual kind of sensitivities, you can tell when somebody is seriously flirting with you and where it, when it might snowball yeah. into something. I would say around the time that somebody says, hey, would you like to go get a coffee sometime? Yeah. Or, or even, you know, in depending, hey, let's get out of here. Mm. Or like, do you want to get out of here? You know, um, where, where, where are you staying? You know, are you just in town? Like there, there are kind of questions that feel like they might be leading to something that is a, a flirtation that is, is more of a casual thing. I get, you know, and I'm thinking specifically for that angle, just because if it is somebody who's looking to add, you know, they're polyamorous and they're looking for an actual partner, mm-hmm. um, then, then, you know, tattoo this on your forehead. Like this is, this is something you don't want to, you know, and this, this is, this is a, a difficult thing. Right. Like I, I've talked to, to people, I have friends who are poly and it, it's just a thing where they, they've met people the same way that I will see people who I think are interesting, find out they're poly. And it's like, well, that's a deal breaker. And it kind of sucks because this person seems really interesting. The opposite happens as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll see. But it's just better to know yeah. uh, in advance. So I would say uh, as you know, in a, in a relationship or looking for somebody to add to your relationship context as soon as possible, or if you're specifically out trying to pick people up. And if it is incidental flirting um, at the point where it seems like it might go somewhere. And uh, similar to last question, I think you can make this kind of fun. I don't think it has to be like a deposition no. uh, kind of thing. You know, you can say, uh, you know, hey, just, just so you, like maybe casually bring it up. Say like, you know, uh, hey, you know, my my, uh, my 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 girlfriend did this. Um, you know, we have a, we have an open thing. You know, men- mention your partner and then bring up that that's actually not, you're not doing anything untoward. Yeah. Uh, that, that's tricky too, though, because that's such a, that sounds like such a line, you know? Yeah. And if you're, if you're bringing it in, you know, on purpose, then I feel like it's going to be hard to not come off as an, like basically anytime someone says, my girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. That, that's, a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, with, with whom. With whom we we have adult play, uh-huh. uh, and we are allowed to have adult play with other adults. Wink. 
You know that 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 is a that is a, a weird feeling. I wonder uh, if, and this is something that uh, people who uh, who, are, who listen to our poly, mm-hmm. um, you write in, you know, with your experiences or call in with your experiences. But I also wonder if this is something that's easier if you go out with your partner. It actually you might know? be, yeah. And then yeah. you don't have to say I have a partner because you clearly have a partner. Yeah, who can who can sign off on it? It doesn't mean that you the two of you are going home to the same bed if that's the idea, you know, and that's part of the permissions. That, that you have set up, um, but they're there and they can, you know, then there's nothing under the table. So. Yeah, this, yeah. All, this all sounds good to me. I would add that um, if, if you're mono, like I could imagine being at a point in my life where I were only interested in casually dating and not a potential mm-hmm. long-term relationship. And at that point, dating poly people wouldn't be off the table. Mm-hmm. So it just it depends on the person and where they're at and what they want and be respectful of their time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and keep in mind that nobody uh you know, and this is something that comes up all the time on this show and, and will continue to, is that nobody reads minds. And in general, uh I I favor being open and verbal uh-huh. about almost everything. Mm-hmm. Use your words. this episode of Heartbeat City, we received a letter at the station. I'm going to go ahead and read that now. Back in 2015, I got a divorce with my wife of four years. It was hands down the most painful experience I've ever been through. I still struggle with it daily, and I think it's because the majority of the relationship felt like such a sure thing for both of us. We were so into each other, we worked well together, and we had a lot of great times. But it went south, it got hurtful very quickly, and it wasn't a clean break at all. Since then, I haven't attempted to date anyone, and have passed on a few opportunities with some really cool people, but it just seems irrational to assume that a new relationship would work out when the one that felt perfect at the time ended in so much sadness. I never want to be the kind of person who keeps repeating the same mistakes. I also enjoy a lot of the benefits of being single. I get to use my time exactly as I want, I never get into arguments or negotiations with anyone, and I'm not particularly lonely. The fact that I like to have a lot of time to myself was consistently an issue in my marriage and with my past relationships. This often makes me think that perhaps I'm just the kind of person who should always be single and there's nothing wrong with that. But I also can't shake the feeling that perhaps I'm letting my life slip by. Maybe I'll regret not having somebody to be close to when I'm older. Maybe I'm being overly risk-averse because of a bad experience and it's preventing me from finding somebody who would be great for me. I'm of two minds about it, and I don't have much guidance on what's considered normal here. Everyone I know who's had a divorce started seeing people shortly after, and they certainly didn't wait three years to even go on a date. Did you ever feel this way about your own divorce? Thank you for reading. Signed, Anonymous. There's a lot here. There is a lot here. So, Gary, as the one of us who has had the divorce, do you want to go first on this one? Sure. Um... Yeah, so I, I did, uh, after I was divorced, um, I did immediately start dating afterwards. Um, I had a, a girl-crazy period of about a year, 
before I got into an actual relationship. Um, the, so that's one experience. Um, I don't, I also had a very different kind of divorce that was very amicable. Uh, and the, the marriage had cooled down quite a bit. Um, so there was an element of being separated before we were separated, um, to that, that relationship. But every, the same way every person is different, every combination of people is different as well. Right. So that doesn't, won't necessarily map on, uh, to Anonymous's letter, uh, here. And that's what worked for me. Um, and I, I have no regrets about that period, but it's not going to work for everybody. So, uh, one of the things just kind of working from the bottom up with the letter is to jettison the idea of normal. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, the point of this is just that everybody respect, respect and be aware of the, uh, the, the diversity of people and then as individuals, and then also how that multiplies when you have couples, uh, no, no dyad is the same, the same way that no person is the same. Yeah, Absolutely. One thing that uh, struck me about this is the idea of having to find somebody now so that you're not lonely when you're older. Mm -hmm. And I I know that nobody can count on anything in this world, but uh, my dad hooked up with his current girlfriend. I think he was about 70. Mm. And there's a a whole cluster of him and his dancing friends who are all in their 70s and 80s and go out and hook up in random configurations and sometimes find long-term things. So I I don't think it's something that you, if you're happy being single now, I think you can probably change that in the future if you decide to. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, In all spheres of life, in most spheres of life, too late is a fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is it is probably too late for me to become an Olympic level athlete. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, but it it isn't. Uh, if I break that down to the things that I would like about it, it's not too late for those individual components. So you know, even for people who you know, there are people who are elderly who cannot find uh, romantic love, but they can also fulfill needs in other ways as well. And often you can actually find the thing. You know, it's it's very rare that the instance of life where too late is actually a factor. Yeah, that is that is another thing I was thinking about this letter is that we we tend to have a standard idea of what constitutes a relationship. You know, like mm-hmm. you meet somebody and you're like 100% in that relationship and you're cohabitating and it has to be this whole thing. And there's, there's actually no law in the books that says a dog can't play basketball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no governing body, uh, for this. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, that, that, and that kind of plays along to there not being a right answer or normal, um, Mm -hmm. for this. Um, you know, my, my instincts for this is that if, you know, when you're, when you're happy being single, you know, not that you should, you should date or seek romance exclusively because of being unhappy. You know, that's not a great motivator. You know, I'm unhappy being single, therefore I'm going to try to find a relationship. Um, right. but being happy being, that's got its own set of problems. That has, a, that has a lot of problems as well. And this is, this is all something too. And I, I want to make this clear is that everything in this letter I relate to, um, I am somebody who is aware that, uh, you can find love late in life, but I'm also somebody who's had anxiety, you know, about, uh, dying alone in a, in a acute way, not the way that everyone dies alone, you know, <laughs> um, you know, dying, dying alone in, in a sense of just, uh, uh, in the sense that the, the anonymous letter writer is, is talking about. Um, I relate to that. Um, I also, 
relate to the feeling of letting your, your life switch by, you know, go by mm-hmm. like that this time that is good productive time in your life, not sharing it with somebody makes it less than, um, I understand that feeling, even if I don't necessarily think that's correct. I get that, that emotional impulse a lot. Right. And you I know, guess, so. is that, is that coming from inside or is that entirely like comparing yourself to other people and just what, what you feel like society is telling you you ought to be doing at this point in your life? For, for me, it comes from inside. Okay. Uh, for, for me, it comes from wanting to, uh, you know, to, to share stuff, you know, wanting to have, uh, this, you know, and, and, even though, you know, like like all people, I like the same way with the the letter writer. Like I'm with two minds about it because I also uh, appreciate my own time quite a bit. Um, so the uh, so I understand both, but for me, it, it comes from within, like just this feeling of wanting to share the, the the cool things I get to do and wanting to have somebody there for the uncool things I get to do. Um, like there, there's an impulse for that. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, so there's not a great answer for that other than I think that you're not doing anything wrong. Um, you know, if you're happy being single, mm-hmm. don't don't force it because of a feeling of societal pressure or anything, you know. And when you say that you've let some people who were cool kind of slip by, um, if you weren't driven uh, at that point to pursue them, uh, you weren't driven to pursue them. You know, you you, you it sounds like a gut like a thing, like you checked your gut, which is, is, is good advice, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, if it is something that's more active, if it's something that you're considering in your head and you're talking yourself out of it because of what you had mentioned uh, earlier about how, um, you know, there's a, when you get divorced there, or when you have a, a, a large breakup, there's a feeling of, uh, self doubt that comes from it, the, the feeling of, um, how could I have been so sure about something and been wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm as sure as this, as I was, the sun was going to come up the next day and I was totally wrong. And when you say that you don't want to make the same mistakes over and over, I absolutely get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just dial that back to that, uh, diversity of people, uh, kind of things. Like you are now a different person than you were before this. And the next person who you do find, you know, find love with will be a different person. Yeah. Literally anyone you date will be a different person. In more ways than you can expect. And mm-hmm. you can really do a disservice to somebody. I'm not accusing anyone of this, but it's something that I have had to be conscious about of having, you know, have switching, you know, when you have a new relationship, treating somebody like you treated the last person. You know, oh, or treating yeah. them as if they are. Um, it's not a position to be filled. You know, they're they're an individual. It's not like um, this is a barista, and any barista will do. Um, it is more like this is you know this is Carl, and this is Eric, and they are totally separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably won't be. You know, you may make some of the same mistakes, but it's not something that you can really predict. You know, the fact that you were really sure about something and were wrong uh, doesn't mean that you will be wrong the next time. Um, and it doesn't mean you will be as sure the next time. It's possible that the next relationship you won't be, you know, it, and even if it works out, you might end up, it might be something that you are, you spend most of your time at 90% on, you know, and that can, that can also work out just because of the nature of two different people. Yeah. I personally have never been in a relationship where I didn't at 2 a.m., um, at least one night, just look over at them and wonder if I was making a horrible mistake. Yeah. You know, just, it, it's a, 
that kind of the kind of absolute security if you make that the brass ring that you have to go through um you are setting yourself mm-hmm. up for for failure and 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 being alone you know failure in terms of romance not failure in terms of like living a life you know if that's something that you have decided that you absolutely need or is the way it should be um that's real dangerous and 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 i think a little bit unhealthy yeah and it doesn't, no amount of sureness is going to, um, A, keep you from having to do the hard work and keep the other person from having to do the hard work and prevent anybody from becoming hurtful when things start to go south. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's a choice that people are making, and it doesn't always have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah, if you're willing to put in the effort and the other person is willing to put in the effort... I think that matters way more than how things were initially. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's worth noting too, that when we say that, uh, things kind of turning hurtful when they go bad being a choice, um, it's sometimes a very understandable choice, you know, like emotions are very high. We're not put, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put, you know, without knowing anything, blame on either party in this situation. Sure. Yeah. No blame, no shame. Yeah. It could be, you know, uh, this stuff gets serious. You know, and people people say things and and do things and are are hurtful. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's no excuse for any kind of like physical hurt, but for you know people will say things that are very cruel when they're hurt themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and that that just kind of happens. Um, that's not necessarily to be avoided, but it's also not to be expected. You know, it, it's a uh, so the, in a way, you know, as much as this hurts and as much as it's really difficult, um, what you have in front of you instead of an unending series of repeated mistakes. Like you're like a Greek myth. What you have in front of you is a gigantic question mark. Uh, you don't, you know, you know more about yourself. You're you're able to control those odds, and you'll be able to kind of predict patterns within yourself. But you don't know what the next the next relationship will be like. And that's the the decision is when if you're if you're definitely looking for a relationship, you're not looking for anything kind of casual or more predictable. That's what you need to make yourself okay with is being okay with you know I'm ready now for to take a chance. And it's, it's, it's going to be up to you to decide that. Like, I hope that doesn't sound like a cop out that there's not like a real easy answer for it, but just when you want that, that's what it is. Yeah. And the, the flip side of that is you, you can't control the other person at all, but you can always control yourself. So yeah. at least you have that to fall back on. And I would say just try to be as honest as possible with yourself about what you want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and don't, um, that should not necessarily be – don't check that against your your former partner as far as – you know. so one of the things you mentioned is that you wanted a lot of time to yourself, uh, and that turned out to be a sticking point in your last relationship. What that is is information to mm-hmm. move forward. It doesn't mean this is a, a flaw that I have to account for in the next relationship. It means that there, I need to find somebody who is compatible with that, mm-hmm. and they exist. Uh, they you know, absolutely the, exist. They 100% exist. There are uh, girls, boys, n- you know, non-conforming. There are people out there of any type who are just need as much time to themselves as you do. Um, and now you know that you're armed with that knowledge, um, so you can go into it. And when, to your point, Jenny, when you say you can control yourself, if you meet somebody who uh, ticks a lot of boxes, but uh, needs constant companionship. Then, then you have that decision. You know, you control yourself. Like you get to decide: is this this my need for the, this kind of isolation or, or kind of uh, alone time? 
is this something I'm willing to give up? You know, is this, is this an elemental part of my being or is this something that I can move on? Mm-hmm. And, and you get to decide that. Like, uh, you have that information now and that's the best, you know, the best thing that can happen out of any relationship ending, um, is knowing yourself better and knowing more what, what you want, like what your things are that, that you need, uh, better. I agree a hundred percent. So, so you've got that going for you. Definitely wish you luck. Um, it, I'm sorry that you went through that experience. Um, it is very hard. Like I, I was very lucky to have a good divorce, uh, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't really difficult. And, um, you know, I know, I know that can be really tough. Um, but don't, you know, you're not letting life slip by, slip by. You're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing, you know, you're not being abnormal. Um, and when you're ready to pursue that, just keep in mind that this will not be something. It doesn't have to be something similar to the last thing and doesn't have to end the same way. So that's about all the time we have here on uh, Heartbeat City. I'd like to first thank uh, our guest, Jenny Plodna. Jenny, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Um, we'll be back in about two weeks. And until next time, for all those people out there in Heartbeat City, keep on feeling. Heartbeat City is intended for advice only and is not responsible for the consequences of following any such advice. If you have questions for Heartbeat City, please call in at 502-69-HBEAT or write in at gary at duckfeed.tv. Heartbeat City is produced by Boxer Kwan and Bryce Salad. Thank you.